You're listening to the Ausleisure Podcast Network. For more details, go to www.ausleisure.com.au forward slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Ausleisure Traveller Podcast for Tuesday the 15th of January. My name is Richard Maguire and this week I'm very pleased to be able to speak to Karen Roebuck who is the Head of Marketing Services for Tourism Southeast in the UK. Hello Karen. Hi there, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Fine, thank you. Ready to sort of talk to you about the Southeast. And thank you very much for doing that and being on our Traveller podcast. Well, I'll uh, be in Australia later on in the year, so I shall um, enjoy chatting to you. Fantastic. Um, Karen, um, just a quick um, couple of questions on the southeast of the UK. Uh, I know it's a pretty large area. Um, and which actual parts of the country does the Tourism Board cover? Okay. Um, in the southeast, we actually cover a three quarters of the way around London. So in the north, our counties are Berkshire, Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire. Along the coast, we have Kent, Sussex, Hampshire and Isle of Wight. And in the middle, we've got closest to London is Surrey. That sounds like a very big area to cover. It is, and I drive it all. <laughs> Do you? Um, petrol's very expensive over there, I take it? Um, it's just gone up a little bit again, so yeah, not uh, not so cheap these days, but it's worth it for the visit. Yeah, definitely. Also, um, I know people are aware of London, um, and that's where most international travellers will arrive when they get there. Um, but it would be nice uh, and easy. Well, so is it nice and easy for them to travel to the southeast from there? And uh, are there direct rail and road links, etc.? Yeah, I mean, um, we're very lucky. We've got Gatwick and Heathrow. Gatwick is actually within the southeast. Heathrow's right on the edge. Um, yeah. Good, good motorways. M25 goes round, and all the roads down into the southeast are, are, tend to be motorways um, coming off of the M25. Everywhere is within two hours. Um, whether it, you know if you good yeah. rail connections to all the key destinations as well out of london waterloo london paddington and victoria so it's very very easy to get into the southeast fantastic and is it easy to get over to, to europe as well once they've done their their sightseeing in the southeast yeah Quite, absolutely yeah. And, and in fact it gets easier every week it seems um with eurostar <laughs> now you can actually go from either from uh london st pancras or from ebb's fleet in kent across and paris is under two and a half hours but you can sail to europe from dover folkestone and portsmouth or go under the channel or Fantastic. the other alternative is back down here in southampton near where we are um you can use the low-cost airlines such as flyby um, from Southampton Airport. And Southampton Airport's actually been voted the best regional airport in the UK. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's very interesting. We, t we actually tend to choose our holidays now from where we can go from Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Karen, the southeast is by no means just an area that you travel through to get to Europe. Um, I guess there are heaps of things to do in your area for people of all ages. And seeing as there is so much to see and do, we probably uh, should work through some of it based on the types of visitors that uh, they would be best suited to. Uh, so let's say I was a young adult, uh, indeed a backpacker, for example. Where would I absolutely have to visit? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you about some of the southeast buzzing towns and cities, um, such as Brighton, Oxford, Milton Keynes and Portsmouth. Um, Brighton's probably our most happening place and like the rest of the southeast mixes the newest with the oldest. Um, Brighton's trendy shopping areas 
um, is also one of the oldest streets in Brighton, the lanes. And in fact, you can find some really odd and unusual things there that I think young backpackers would love. Um, then you've got, if you want the uh, student population, the Oxford University City has plenty of life for backpackers. Um, discover some of the really unusual places to eat, such as a converted chapel. And mm. um, you just have to see that the, the mountains of bikes piled up on the side of the railings all through Oxford City. But there's, there's lots of cultural things to do there as well. Um, and visit, the, obviously, the colleges. You can actually go and visit some of the colleges and not forgetting uh, Christchurch um, college, yeah. um, which is where Harry Potter was filmed, the Great Hall and the steps leading down. Um, mm. That's in, in our lovely Oxford. And then we've got Portsmouth. It's known as the waterfront city and has the newest tower in Europe, um, Spinnaker Tower, which was a millennium project, although it was finished slightly after the millennium. Um, it stands on, on the site of the historic dockyard, surrounded by um, the designer outlet shops of Gunwolf Keys, um, where you can eat at one of the um, various restaurants, international restaurants, alongside the waterfront but um it that really is a, a great place to go um and is really hip i think at the moment and is it still the home of the royal navy it is and it also has um nelson's flagship the victory which um obviously fought many battles but you can yeah. walk around the victory and it's wonderful to see it's all laid out as it was in nelson's day um, and absolutely wonderful. And alongside it, you've got the Mary Rose. Now, I can remember, I think it was either late 70s, early 80s, the Mary Rose actually being mm. pulled out of the sea. Um, and it's now, um, it's not obviously fully restored, but a lot of the timbers are put yeah. into the frame again. Um, and it's kept in um, special conditions. Um, and you can go and visit that as well. That was King Henry VIII's uh, flagship. Fantastic. Mm. I'd love to go and visit Portsmouth. I think I will next time I'm over there. I think you'd love Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah I think wonderful. I would. It's also got um, a little seaside resort called South Sea, which has got two piers, um, who, who are, which are still fully functional working piers. One's got a fantastic little old-fashioned roller coaster that goes along the side of the sea. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, and if you've got kids, they'll love it as well. Yeah. I do. I do have kids. And uh, look, um, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to get over there very, very soon. Um, now, they're into sports, but I can't, I'm talking about sports for, for, the, for the more, um, more grown-up um, yeah. person. Yeah. Um, now, where would they go to get their adrenaline rush? Well, you really can't beat the South Coast. It really is made for water sports. Hayley yeah. Island in Hampshire is actually the birthplace of windsurfing. Um, is it? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? I no, I didn't. I, you wouldn't believe no, it. It's I a tiny not. little place, Hailing Island, and it's probably mm. still, you know, it's not the most modern of places. But in terms of it's, it's a great sailing place, and um, certainly, as I say, birthplace of windsurfing. And who, just across, who would have? Sorry, no, God, sorry. No, I was going to say, who would have dreamt of getting a surfboard out and thinking, you know what, I'm going to stick a sail, a sail on the top of this? You think it be Australia wouldn't you but actually it's <laughs> little old England <laughs> um, and just across the Solent we've got the Isle of Wight and um, there's a company there called X Isle um, and they have everything from kite surfing to wakeboarding um, and actually not quite on the water but you can even do tree climbing tree climbing the latest activity on the Isle of Wight yes wow so, uh, well, I know. It's, uh, well, I know. We all used to like to climb trees as kids. So it's it's going yeah. back to your childhood, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. But it, you know, it's not just for the youngsters. It's for anybody to try. Oh, that's oh, that sounds brilliant. 
it is really good. We actually took some journalists there and they loved it. Yeah. And of course, they're all in safety harnesses, yeah. I, I, I would expect. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So if you do you make know, a bit of it. These days aren't allowed to <laughs> operate anything without health and safety regulations. <laughs> Um, and then there's one place that a lot of people really don't know about in the southeast called Milton Keynes, and people probably think of, of Milton Keynes as the concrete cows. Um, yes. This is famous for that. However, it has the first purpose-built body tunnel in Europe, and um, real snow slopes and rock climbing walls, and it's it's an amazing place. It's one of the it's one of the, the first new towns, and um, it's very much on the grid format. When you get there, you can't really get lost because you just every road just crosses another road. Um, but yeah. as well as having the um, all this exciting activity, it's it's full of um, it's got lakes and paths that you can walk with. It's got a fantastic area, so it's a real mixture of really sort of thrill things and and the more gentle pursuits for cycling and things like that. Karen, you just mentioned the body tunnel. Yeah. What 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 is it? Well. To give you an it's 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 I can't I probably won't give you the right definition, but it, it's like a load of air that's blown into a tunnel, and you sort of mm. put your arms out as if you're like jumping out of a parachute, and you're sort of like yeah. held up in the air. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, like a skydiving yeah. training yeah. place. Yeah. Yep. And you can go along gotcha. and do that. And then after you've done that, you can you can probably go and have a bit of a dance somewhere oh, if, 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 you're, is, if you're musical. Yeah, there's there's comedy clubs, there's restaurants, there's there's, it, there's really live things, and they've just built a new square, um, and it's a bit it it reminds you a bit. It's called the I think it's called the Hub, and it's a bit hmm. like something in, in on the continent, and it's got fountains in the middle, and it's got um, restaurants, every type of restaurant around the square, and there's a new hotel built there called. The, I think it's the Ramada and you go upstairs into the bar and it's got full windows and you can just sit there and look down over the square and at night it's all lit up so absolutely wonderful oh lovely and would you recommend any other places to go and and, and have a party or um well uh, yeah there's loads of festivals in the southeast um just just to mention a few um May in May there's the Brighton Festival and that it's one of the Southeast hidden gems because it's not very well known overseas but it's absolutely fantastic you know you have a real mixture of comedy jazz film and dance yeah. um, and that and obviously it's in one of the hippest places to be anyway so that's really great um, we have the Isle of Wight Festival which is a mix of new and legendary artists. But it's so popular now. I mean, it only started again, I think, about four years ago. Um, it sort of was rejuvenated. Um, but already this year, 50,000 tickets are already sold out. So if you want to go and do that, you need to wow. plan for next year. Um, lots of... Would it, sorry. Would, sorry, so, sorry, sorry to cut across yeah. you, Karen. Would you recommend then to, to book ahead for, to, for, for places absolutely. for accommodation? to Yeah, stay, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the Isle of Wight. If you if you want to if you want to go for two thousand and nine for the festival, you'd need to book, start thinking about it now. Um, and again, with some of these other festivals, Brighton Festival as well. Um, lots of comedy festivals. Newbury Red in Brighton. Um, July sees the Newbury Comedy Festival. And interestingly, I was just looking at the lineup for two thousand and seven, and it included one of your countrymen, Adam Hills. Don't know if you've come. Fantastic. Across him. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Somebody wrote about him here. He's he's the human Prozac. <laughs> now, Karen, it sounds like there's heaps to do for the young adults that head to the UK and in your part of the country. 
So with a couple of kids, I guess there'd be loads to do. Um, for example, what would I be able to do uh, to have, say, a kids' day? Okay. Is, is there a, a theme park or something like yeah. that? Well, this is close to my own heart because I've got four kids, although a bit older now, but we've had some great times around the southeast. Um, we, we believe in the southeast we've got the most family attractions in the closest area. Um, there's not just one, you'll find two or three um, very close by, something for all ages. Theme parks, it depends how old your, your kids are. You know, we've got one for the little ones, Portons yeah. Park in the New Forest, which is fantastic. Or one for all ages, Legoland. I still go and enjoy going and doing a bit of building, but you've got the whole sort of your fantastic village all set out, places around the world, all done in Lego. Um, brilliant place to go. Um, and then if you want in a bit of thrill, there's Thorpe Park and Chesterton Worlds of Adventures in Surrey. So lots of theme parks. Yeah. But if you're... Now the kids will never want to leave. No, they wouldn't. No, I'll have to drag them away. Um, but again, yeah, yeah. just looking at animal attractions we've got loads of those you know if you want a safari there's woburn or port limp port limp you can stay overnight in one of the enclosures and enjoy um a tree uh, a truly safari experience and have dinner with the rangers um obviously probably not on sort of type of safari you might get out in places like kenya but i think you know for kids mm. on the doorstep brilliant experience if you're into, into con um, conservation marwell sue just down the road from us here near winchester it's got acres of land where you can actually see the big animals enjoying themselves um, in lots of space and they also have a rare breeding program that's a great doubt little train that runs around lots of things to do for the children um, giraffe house is absolutely fantastic it sounds really wonderful. And if I wanted, or if people wanted to throw in a bit of education and history from the trip, yeah. um, where would... Well, that's actually a project I've been working on for the last couple of years, actually. And we've been working with um, some of the big organis organisations in the southeast and developing a programme of family-friendly museums. Um, the most famous one of these is probably the Pitt Rivers in Oxford that won the Guardian um, Family Friendly Museum Award. Um, but really it's about how to enjoy it with your kids, not just things just for the kids to do, but how you can share the experience. And it's absolutely brilliant. We've got um, the Royal Dahl Museum and Story Centre in Buckinghamshire and you enter the door and it's like a chocolate slab. Um, or you can visit the River and Rowan Museum um, on the River Thames at Henley, where you can actually discover the history of the River and Rowan Museum. But at the same time, there's an exhibition where you can actually meet the characters from Wind in the Willows. So great for young and old alike. Um, yeah, there's so much to do there, absolutely. isn't there? Absolutely. Museums on a large scale. Yeah. You've got Portsmouth or Chatham Dockyards. Now, we mentioned them earlier, but at Chatham Dockyard, we've got one of our newest historic experiences, Dickens World, where you can travel through time and see how it was in Dickens' time. Um, and that's just yeah. absolutely brilliant as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, we heard um, with my chat to Mike in our last episode that uh, the UK has got thousands of years of history. Yeah. Um, would, would it be fair to say that in your neck of the woods there would be a few castles and other historical monuments that people would be able to go and have a look Absolutely. at? Absolutely. Being the South Coast and going back years when we were constantly being invaded, the whole of the South Coast is just, there's like a string of castles all the way along. Um, they range from the enormous castles and one that's not actually right on the South Coast but in Windsor, obviously the very famous Windsor Castle, the oldest inhabited castle in the world and home to our Queen Elizabeth. You could also pop round the, the corner when you're at the Windsor Castle to see where Prince Charles and Camilla got married. 
Leeds Castle is much more of a traditional, beautiful moated castle with rooms that have been restored in the 1920s. And you've got the... Tr- now, I must admit, I... I- I, sorry, I have been there, and I can really? I can concur that it is a, is a wonderful place to go and visit. I could recommend it's that to anybody. Fantastic, and then you've got the really truly what I call historic castles like Bodium and Arundel, um, and and we mustn't forget our most famous battle in England, um, the 1066 Battle of Hastings. Um, and you can visit Battle and Hastings today, and and actually go and see the field where the battle took place. Um, Mm. And there's lots of history around that area. Um, And last year, Oxford celebrated a thousand years of of history. And its newest attraction is the Oxford Castle Unlocked, part of which was prison for hundreds of years. And you can actually go and have a tour around and they tell you what used to happen in the cells and the types of treatment. You can even go and put, you know, try some of these uh, things that they used to do to the prisoners. Um, But interestingly, (laughs) the more modern part of the prison there was actually filmed in an English series called Bad Girls, which I don't know if you, you've ever heard of, but it was about no, women in a prison. Um, yeah. Well, the prison was that was actually the, the modern part of that, but that's actually now a hotel called Malmaison, and they've kept it very much in the style of the prison, and, and two of the cells actually make up one bedroom, and they've actually got, I think it's like glass floor, floors along the side where you can actually look down and see the, the sort of structure of the prison inside. So that's well worth a visit. Amazing. And I guess after you've been traipsing around looking at all these wonderful historical buildings, you, you kind of build up a thirst. Now, there, I know for a fact there's some wonderful old English pubs um, and there would be many uh, in your neck of the woods. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. I mean, we, we worked on a, pro, um, a project a couple of years ago called Distinctive Country Inns. And that was really looking at the really historic country inns and, and how they could sort of um, keep going because you know a lot of them are very rural and we de- developed this program and, and some of them become re- became real gastro pubs and just to give you an example um there's the bull country inn in um berkshire it's a 15th century inn with a saloon bar with classic car memorabilia well you've got another one called dinton hermit hotel in buckinghamshire it's 400 years old and it's connected got connections with the execution of Charles I in 1649. Now, these country pubs dotted about all over the place and you can get a really lovely welcome. Some of them still play the old traditional games. Mm. Some of them you might sort of see some Morris dancing nearby. But, um, but yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. And you, as I say, today, some of the, the, the best of these gastro pubs where the food is absolutely fantastic as well. I can't wait. I really can't wait to get over there. I mean, it sounds as if the UK these days is full of places to go and visit and, and, you know, England's green and pleasant lands and all that. Um, If I were looking at places to see that are beautiful and get a feel for what makes up that that phrase, where in the southeast would you suggest that I head to? Well, Kent is known as the Garden of England. And you, you know, you have the hop farms, there's there's just so much vineyards, all sorts in Kent, gardens, gardens abound, um, but it really is the Garden of England. But we've also got the most areas of outstanding natural beauty in England, nine in all, including places like the South Downs and the Chilterns. And Chilterns is one of the few places you can see red kites, the bird, not kites. Mm. Um, and it's absolutely they're, they're wonderful these places you can just walk for miles and really get back to to sort of your your roots and nature yeah now look I, i'm i'm from the uk but i've been over here for 15 years now and when i used to look i've been to the southeast but i would always stick to the main 
places that people used to tell you about. And I was never local enough, I suppose I could use that word, to, to go and find the hidden gems. Um, would there be plenty of those around for people to, if they didn't want to do the normal tourist stuff, would, is there uh, places that you could re- recommend that are off the beaten track? Yes, I mean, I think probably one of the, the best ideas is to explore by river. And we've got many people who don't know that the River Thames um, actually covers 147 miles of the non-Tildale River outside of London. And it goes a lot through um, Surrey, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Oxfordshire and into Gloucestershire. You can explore it on one of the many boat cruises. You can walk the Thames Path, which is one of our national trails. Or you can stop, stop in one of the lovely market towns such as Henley or Marlow. And it really is quite undiscovered. Most people know the Thames as being in London. But mm. It's fantastic out through the southeast. And then we've got um, there's four towns and cities who who call themselves England's hidden heritage. Um, they're undiscovered gems: um, Chichester, Guildford, Tunbridge Wells, and Arundel. And you just fall over the history in these places. I'm 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 getting more and more um, in the mood to get over there. I must be honest with you, and I can't wait. Well, you might have the sun, but we've got the history. Yeah, yes, indeed. I ne- oh, I'm so looking forward to going over there. Now. Karen, you mentioned earlier on um, some of the events that, that are coming up in 2008. Would you mind just running through a couple of those again for us, please? Yeah, I mean, we, we, I talked about things like the um, the Brighton Festival, but we, there's things going on all year round in all sorts of counties. We have um, in July, the 14th to the 20th of July, is the Farnborough International Air Show. It's its 60th oh, anniversary. And that is, I went there a couple of years ago, having thought, yeah. oh, it's not the sort of thing I want to go to. Went with a few friends and we had an absolutely fantastic yeah. day. I love um, The shows. Southampton Boat Show, it's its 40th anniversary this year, um, 12th to the 21st of September. Again, if you're into boats, that's the place to be. Um, a little bit more to Kensian, the Victorian Festival of Christmas, which takes place at the historic dockyard in Portsmouth, is an absolutely fantastic event. It happens in late November, early December. Um, this year in May, um, recognising um, what's going to be coming to England, the Gardens of Sussex have a Chinese plant extravaganza. Mm. We've got the Goodwood Festival of Speed in West Sussex in July. Again, that's an absolutely fantastic day. Um, and it, the Battle Abbey reenactment, if you're really into history and you really want to see what happened on that day in 1066, go along 11th to the 12th of October. We've obviously got Royal Ascot. Ascot's one of the most famous places in the southeast. That happens 17th to the 21st of June. I mentioned the Newbury Comedy Festival. That's 7th to the 14th of July. Um, you, if you wanted a really off, we talked about off the beaten track. Yeah. Only Pancake Race in Buckinghamshire takes place on the 5th of February. That Fabulous. is a tradition that's gone back years. Fabulous. Um, and there's all, as I say, you know, um, Oxford Literary Festival, if you're a lit- literary type, um, that happens in Oxford in the 1st and 6th of April. Um, Henley Royal Regatta, known around the world, 2nd to the 6th of July. Yeah. If you fancy other festivals other than the Isle of Wight Music Festival, which you're not going to be able to go to this year, we've got the Isle of Wight International Jazz Festival, which happens in April. And something called Bestival, which again was a great sellout last year on the Isle of Wight in September. Cow's Week, very famous again. That happens in uh, August. Yeah. Um, 
Epsom Derby Day, again, for those that like horse riding, that's in horse racing. That's the 6th to the 7th of June. And then down in Kent, we've got um, Broadstairs Dickens Festival um, in June. And something which, again, sounds a bit off the beaten track, Medway Sweeps Festival. Again, I think that goes back to Dickens time. Very Dickens-related events going round mm. down in Medway in Kent, obviously, um, where a lot of the books are written. So I think, you know, just to sum up a few, but one of the things really taken to our hearts this year is the uh, anniversary, the centenary of the birth of Ian Fleming, who wrote Bond, and also Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did he write Chitty Chitty um, Bang Bang? He did, yes. I never knew that. And um, he wrote Bond after having been at Bletchley Park during the war. Right. Um, That's what sort of inspired him. Yeah. Um, But we've got lots of Bond connections across the southeast. And so we're running it as a a celebration for the whole of the year. And at Bletchley in May, at the end of May, we're going to have a big family day. Um, and they're going to be working with Roald Dahl Museum because Roald Dahl actually wrote the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and for one of the Bond films, mm. um, which I would never have thought of. <laughs> but um, so they're working together. We're going to have this great family day and we're going to have one of the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang cars there as well. Um, but for those of the, the older generation who really like the Bonds and really like the cars and everything, yeah. at, at the end of August at Bletchley, again, there's going to be an Aston Martin set, uh, extravaganza and lots of things happening there about spy, spying and you can actually get to see what went on during the Second World War. And down in Bewley, which is the home of our National Motor Museum, mm. they've actually got a Bond collection of cars and some of the cars have been in the films over the years. Very interesting. So we're really making this celebration sort of an Ian Fleming year. I mean, he was he lived and, and died actually in the southeast. Yeah. Look, you've covered so much, Karen. Uh, and it, would you have a website that people could go and have a look at and, and, and take their time in digesting what, what's actually out there? Yep, and it is, you know, you can look, if you really want family stuff, there's an actual section just for families. Um, but we try and break it down. So if it's couples that are coming and just looking for couple things to do, mm. we've got something called Just the Two of Us. And if you're a real culture vulture, traditional history person, then Timeless Treasures is, is probably the, the thing for you. But our website address is www.visitsoutheastengland.com. And you can get loads of links there onto lots of other sites. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, we'll make sure that those details, as well as the links that you've just discussed, uh, are on our website as well with our show notes. Um, Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you, Karen. Uh, I appreciate your time. I've enjoyed chatting to you as well. It's been wonderful. To all our listeners, that's it for this episode. Our thanks go to Karen Roebuck from Tourism Southeast in the UK for that fabulous information. Coming up on the next show, we are talking to Mike Tate, who is the PR manager for Jersey in the Channel Islands. So I'm really looking forward to that, and hopefully you are too. In the meantime, this is Richard Maguire for ausleisure.com.au. Until next time, see you later.